So welcome to another episode of Drill to Detail, the podcast series about the world of analytics, big data and data warehousing. So I'm very pleased to be joined today by Neil Barton, Chief Technology Officer at Wearscape, a company many of you will know from their data warehousing and infrastructure automation products. So welcome to the show, Neil, and it's great to have you with us. Thanks, Mark. Uh, thanks for the invitation. It's a pleasure to be here. So, Neil, tell us a bit about how you uh, ended up working at uh, Wearscape. What's your kind of route into the industry and what were you doing kind of on the way there and, uh, and what interested you really, I guess, about this kind of area of the industry? Yeah, sure. Um, so I started out, my, my background is, is Unix and Oracle. Uh, and I spent, uh, I grew up in New Zealand and then uh, moved to Australia and spent a couple of years working for Sequent Computers in, in Sydney and, and also Oracle. And then uh, went back to Sequent to work for one of their spin-offs called Decision Point, which was a prepackaged data warehousing uh, software solution. Uh, got a job, you know, relocation to here in Portland, Oregon. And then uh, I knew the founders from my previous life at, at, at Sequent and Decision Point. And then in 2006, uh, they were looking to hire a you know, US-based technical pre-post sales person. And I'd enjoyed working with uh, with Michael and Wayne, you know, a long time ago. So I decided to you know, go and join join Westscape. Did that for a couple of years, and then um, ended up going out and doing my own thing for a little while. And then in t- 2014, uh, they came back looking for someone here in the U.S. to help focus on the big data space. And I, you know, always liked the company, and in particular loved working with the people at Westscape. So for me, it was a good opportunity to, to come back and work on something interesting with a an excellent team. And you know, Four years later, here we are. Okay. So so what is it you do at Wearscape then? What's your current role now? Um, and what do you do in terms of, I suppose, influencing the products and uh, and the direction they take? Yeah, sure. Uh, so my current role is CTO, so Chief Technology Officer. And I'm primarily focused on the overall product direction and ensuring we are you know, addressing the needs of our customers today. And then also looking out for where we want to take the product in the future to meet you know, the needs of our customers as we go forward. Okay. Okay. So, so for anybody who doesn't know what Wearscape do, give me a kind of a, a very kind of succinct, I suppose, kind of summary of what Wearscape do, and I suppose the, uh, the problem you're trying to solve for your customers. Yeah, sure. It's a good question. So, what our customers are struggling to do is deliver your business value on their data warehouse projects in, in a time frame that their their business users want. So, Wearscape is coming at uh, at solving this problem by reducing the time, the cost, and the risk in building and managing a data warehouse over the long haul. And we do that by improving the time to value for these projects by automating the relevant aspects of the data warehouse lifecycle, you know, from discovery and design of a system through to you know, development of the ELT code and uh, deployment and operations. Right? So we automate all those repetitive time-consuming tasks, which allows uh, our IT developers within our customers to free up uh, their development resources to focus on adding, you know, the important stuff, adding value to the business, allows them to get more done with, with fewer resources in a cost-effective and um, you know, risk-mitigated uh, uh, fashion. Okay, okay. So um, so you talk about data warehousing there, and, and, and surely the days of people building data warehouses has kind of gone now. People tend to kind of just throw all their data into a into a kind of data lake or, or, or maybe haven't got the kind of appetite for, for building kind of, you know, curated kind of ETL systems and so on. You know, are data warehouses still being built and they still being maintained or is it a kind of dying market in your world? Yeah, I guess. That's a good one. <laughs> Uh, this is a common debate right, you know, raised by about most mm. technologies and approaches at one mm. time or another, right? Uh, but I think it particularly misses the whole point in that companies are battling the ever-growing complexities of managing data 
given the proliferation of new data sources and data volumes. But what we're hearing from our customers is that they see their data warehouses as as important for the business operations, and most are increasing their investment in data warehouses. So to us, it appears the data warehousing remains, remains very much alive. And now more than ever, getting data infrastructure right in support of governance, lineage, and manageability has never been a bigger issue. And the new requirement we see these days is to design, develop, deploy, and manage data infrastructure at the pace of the business. Mm-hmm. And that's where Westgate comes in. Okay. So when you say pace of the business, what does that mean then, really? I mean, how does that differ perhaps from the data warehousing projects maybe I worked on 10 years ago that were very manually written and, and so on? Yeah, sure. I think it's a good question. I mean, if you roll back a decade or so ago, right, the data warehouse was, like I said, typically manually written, um, not necessarily mission critical. So, you know, if the data warehouse died and was down for a couple of days, businesses would, would tolerate it. Um, and the, the development process was, you know, weeks, months, uh, before you'd see anything out of there. But businesses in this day and age just can't tolerate that, right? The, the data warehouse is mission critical, and the business wants new data, new analytics um, you know, in weeks, if not days. Um, so the ability for the IT team to add value uh, for the business by developing uh, these new analytic capabilities in you know, a matter of hours or days has become really important if they want the data warehouse and their data infrastructure to be successful and manageable over the long haul. Okay, so so who who are the typical buyers of your product? And we'll go into the detail of what the product is, you know, in a minute. But but typically, yeah. who are the people you engage with? Is it the IT department? Is it the kind of the, the the business? I mean, who typically is your buyer and your your person you aim at in terms of the product? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we typically sell into the IT organisation. Uh, our goal really is to help them deliver the value to the business. And from a development standpoint, you know, they work hand in hand with the business users. But we're selling into the IT team. And you know, making sure that they can you know, provide um, you know, successful deployments within their infrastructure. Okay, so so I I remember seeing uh, I remember my background when I first started in this area. I used to work with uh, a tool called Oracle Designer, which was a, a case tool. Um, and I've also seen uh, I've also seen the product being used in projects where it's actually been used by actually consultancies and so on. I mean, I suppose the first question there is 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 Wearscape Red? And we'll get into a moment what that is. Is it is another case tool or is it more than that really? And is it also kind of like being used by consultants as well? Yeah, it's certainly more than that. Um, we obviously have our own you know, professional services team that helps customers out. We have, you know, once we install it at, at a site, customers will you know, spin up their own resources and train them. And we have third-party companies, consultancy firms who use us. Um, you know, Red is it's more than a case tool, right? It's, a, it's for designing and developing um, you know, the entire data warehouse and managing the lifecycle. And like all Wearscape products, and I'm sure we'll touch on 3D in a little bit, it's metadata-driven, and what that does is allows developers to drag and drop you know, from source to target to build out data warehouse structures. And in turn, it will then turn around and create all the necessary mappings and ELT code, transformations, et cetera, and then generate that for the underlying platform. The key aspect here is the, the tool itself is focused on, on building and managing a data warehouse. So all of the best practices and methodologies for a relevant you know, data warehouse methodology are built into the tool. So whether you're building a, a dimensional model or a 3NF model or a data vault, we've got all of those best practices and methodologies to help you walk through and build a data warehouse in a consistent, repeatable fashion. Uh, and then also, I think just as importantly, right, when we generate the ELT code, it's not black box, right? It's native to the platform you're in and it's optimized for your platform. So if you're generating within SQL Server, it's going to be you know, T-SQL you know, store procedures, everything's SQL server based. If I go over to Chira data, 
it's all going to be interrogated code with TPT code, interrogated procedures, go up into something you know, more modern, like say a snowflake environment. Uh, we're going to you know, utilize the best practices and the snowflake capabilities. And for our customers, we see, we see that as important, right? There's no black box. The developers within our customer sites can work with and see code that is familiar to them. It's not hidden away. And that allows them to reduce the learning curve for their resources and easy ongoing manageability of their environment. And I think the last thing really to focus on on RED, but also at Wearscape at its core is we, we manage the full life cycle of building a data warehouse all the way through from development, but onto you know, deployment and operations, scheduling, and, and you know, the thing that, uh, as you know from your, from your background, right, the, if you build a data warehouse by hand, you're never going to document it. And if you do, it's always going to be out of date. So given that we're a metadata generated tool, uh, all the documentation is always up to date and generated that click of a button. So you get full documentation, lineage, impact analysis, which really is key to managing the data warehouse over the full lifespan of an of a of a data warehouse, not just the you know, initial development phases. Mm. So 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 I said I said that you know it's not just a case tool, is it? And and we've started to talk about Wearscape Red uh, in that conversation. So just kind of can you set out for me what Wearscape Red is? I mean, not not so much in the kind of marketing sense of saying it, but but what does it do? And if to put it in terms of the kind of data warehouse lifecycle and what it kind of automates and so on. Um, if you're pitching this to an IT manager, how would you just describe how it works, say, with a, with an Oracle backend or something? You know, what, what's the kind of bits it provides for you? Sure. So, you know, Westgate Weird has a you know, metadata backend that will reside in your Oracle database and then a, a user interface, which allows you to drag and drop from source system uh, through the various stages of building a data warehouse. So, uh, to take a, a simple dimensional model, for an example, uh, you can drag and drop to create dimensions and fact tables. And then the tool with its built-in methodologies will ask you the relevant questions around how you want to design this dimension. Is it a type one or a type two? And then it will take that metadata, use that to build the relevant model, so the relevant dimensions and facts. The tool will generate all of the ELT code for loading and processing and transforming the data. And then from an operation standpoint, Red, Red can also manage all the DDL, so all of the create tables, all the necessary indexes. It will manage that for you. And then once you deploy that into a particular environment, say production, it will also do all the scheduling to execute, do all the loading, all the logging and auditing of the processes and making sure that you know, if there is a failure, um, jobs are stopped. And then when you restart, they pick up and continue on um, as per normal. So it's managing the full life cycle, but generating all of the structures and code for execution and operations of the data warehouse. Okay. Okay. And is the scope is the scope of what you do limited to the kind of data warehouse layer, or do you have any integrations in with any kind of BI tools and the metadata they use at all? Uh, we don't. We don't provide any direct integration with BI tools like MicroStrategy or um, all that. We have a metadata layer uh, that a lot of companies then will interrogate to extract out uh, the definitions for you know the particular models and use that to integrate with. If you're doing cubes in, in tabular models, then yes, we we build into those structures as well as uh, you know, traditional database platforms. Okay, okay. So what about um, the product Wearscape 3D? What's that and how does that relate to what you've been talking about so far? Yeah, good question. Uh, so 3D, you can really think of it as the the front end of the development. So what we've designed that product for is a, it focuses around the discovery of a source system. So understanding the structure, the relationships between tables, for example, to foreign keys, uh, what are the structure of my source systems, Profiling the data within those source systems so I can understand uh, what the data looks like, 
I can look at data quality to understand you know, where I potentially may have some issues that need to be addressed as part of my ELT processing. And then if I want to do a design, I can do both a model or a data-driven design approach to you know, rapidly design a model for the data warehouse. And then, then 3D will actually generate all of the metadata for RED and push that into RED, who will then take over the, the ongoing you know, construction of the schemas and the ELT code generation and the ongoing operations standpoint. Okay, okay. So so it basically you know, it helps you understand and um, profile the data and then maybe kind of introspect it and then use that to come up with some of the dimensional kind of design and that sort of thing? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, introspect it. And then we've got um, you know, model conversion rules that will build out a dimensional model or you know one that we see you know, growing interest in these days is data vault. So it'll, based on that, that structure of that source system, you can build out all the necessary data vault hub sets and link object structures. And then it will do that in a, in a bulk fashion. Then you can push all that into Red, who will take over and you know, generate the code and do all the operations and management aspect of the data warehouse. Okay. Okay. So, so I mean, that's interesting. You mentioned Data Vault there as well, and one thing I noticed looking through your website was, you know, support for things like Data Vault, which is a fairly kind of, I suppose, popular concept now. Um, maybe, maybe just explain what Data Vault is and, and why people might be interested in that, and and why you added that support into uh, into into the product. Then maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we have uh, to your point. We're seeing yeah, certainly in mainland Europe and the UK a huge interest in Data Vault. And here in the U.S., um, we're seeing a growing interest in Data Vault, and uh, we have a great, great partnership with uh, Dan Linstead, the inventor of Data Vault. So he helps work with us around the best practices for the methodology, as it were. And what Data Vault really is a hybrid between a three and F and a, a dimensional model, and really designed to allow you to yeah, incrementally build your your data warehouse infrastructure and also adjust for. You know, schema change over time. So as my source systems change, the data vault methodology allows me to continue to augment and grow that underlying data vault in an incremental fashion, uh, reducing the ongoing you know, overhead of, of maintaining changes over over the long haul of the data warehouse. That's that's interesting. I mean, because I was actually going to ask you, you know, how I suppose one of the kind of the I suppose one of the the criticisms of formal data warehousing is that it, you know it's the time you take to kind of curate and design the the schema you're going to load data into you know that people haven't got the haven't got the interest haven't got the time for that these days but also with the more flexible schema data we get these days and the way that can change that can be a bit of an issue for for, for data warehouses is that one is that one of the ways that you deal with this i mean is that your recommendation for that or would you maybe use would you use data vault with maybe a data lake or something or are they kind of different really problems really well, I think uh, it's a good question. I mean, in terms of you know, slowly changing schemas, uh, yeah. you know, like we see in you know, Salesforce automation systems, mm. um, certainly something like a, a data vault methodology you know, is designed to accommodate that, which is good. If we're talking, you know, change it around a little bit, schema yeah. on read, if you're mm. populating a, a data lake or, mm. you know, with native data from various source systems, and, you know, we can handle both of those. Right? We can bring mm. data in in its native format manage the transformations and persist that into a data lake, whether that's HDFS or S3, or maybe you mm. want to put it into you know, something like mm. Snowflake, which, which can handle native JSON structures in those variant data types. Uh, we're quite happy to manage you know, any of that, um, any of those approaches. Okay. Okay. What about, um, so, so that, that's interesting. So you would use your product then in a kind of a data lake environment as well. You would use it maybe as uh, uh, running on top of, say, sort of like a, a Hadoop cluster or a Hive, or, or is that getting to the edges of where you'd recommend using this really? Uh, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, we absolutely, uh, we have, you know, we can support Hive. We have a number of platforms uh, that we can support. You know, we have the you know, traditional on-prem Oracle SQL Server Teradata, 
um, and then some of the appliances. We have you know, a number of customers running stuff out on Hive. Um, you know, we can deal with the data lake if you want to put this stuff into HDFS and S3. And then obviously the cloud now is becoming pretty relevant. So you have Snowflake, we've got a great partnership with. If you want to go into Redshift or on the Azure side of the house, we, we can manage all of those platforms. Uh, for us, it's about how we you know, do the processing and take advantage of that underlying infrastructure in each of those cases. Okay, okay. And did you find did you find there's a lot of use of say Snowflake these days? I've seen that being used quite a lot with uh, some of the clients I work with now. Is that is that one of the database types that's getting quite popular now in your in your sort of in your view? Yeah, we're seeing. Um, I think cloud in general is getting significant interest, uh, and then you know, and, and we're seeing quite a lot of interest in Snowflake, and we. We had started a partnership with them pretty about a year ago, I guess, and you know, we've seen quite a lot of interest. We've had you know, a lot of uptake there on the Snowflake space. So we're, uh, you know, I think it's a great partnership for both companies and certainly their value propositions are pretty unique and pretty compelling to a lot of organizations. And I think our value proposition around speed of development uh, aligns yeah. well with them. Yeah, interesting. So, so, so when again, when I used to work maybe in my Oracle world, I used to sort of um, often think that I wondered, I wondered how a tool like Wearscape Red could write as efficient um, sort of SQL, for example, as a tool like one of Oracle's tools, or I suppose one of the dedicated ETL tools for those kind of platforms. I mean, how, how do you, how do you, I suppose, especially as CTO, how do you go about writing and keeping up to date with with kind of uh, the nuances of all the different engines? And, you know, do you kind of, I suppose in a way, do you make that a selling point that you'll do very efficient transformations or is that a weakness and more, you're more to do with the process? What's your view on that? Uh, very good question. I think that is, uh, if we look at how we continue to evolve the product over, the, over, over, you know, over each release is how do we maintain, um, our, I think our key value proposition is that while we have the methodologies of the dimensional data vault, the code that we generate for Teradata is optimized for Teradata. You build the same model on SQL Server, the code that we generate is going to be different because it's going to be optimized for SQL Server. So from a customer standpoint, you know, they've bought this hardware, this infrastructure, and we want to take the, make the most of it. Um, so our strong selling point really is the code that you generate is A, native to the platform in use, and B, optimized for that platform. Um, and the way we store the metadata, uh, each each platform, it, the methodologies are consistent, but how we expose the code generation will include the nuances for each platform. And the underlying template engine that generates the code um, is tailored to provide optimized code for each platform. And as we move forward, as new, each new release of each you know, SQL Server or Teradata or Snowflake comes out, uh, one of our key things is ensuring that we take advantage of new capabilities. So for yeah. us, it really is a strength as opposed to a lot of tools which may provide a, mm. a, a generic SQL across all platforms, which isn't going to scale to the, the data volumes that some of our customers deal with. Yeah, sure. So so do you, um, I mean, what about things like um, cloud? I mean, what if, so do your product, is it is it an on-premise install? Is it run as a sort of cloud service? How how does you, I mean, what's your view about cloud in this kind of environment and how do you kind of work with it really? Yeah, I think uh, we're seeing, certainly in the last 18 months, um, huge interest in cloud. I think a lot of companies are now um, looking at cloud first. Um, I'll go cloud before I go on-prem. And uh, a lot of companies are also looking, taking this opportunity to look at re-platforming. So for us, uh, it's a good opportunity. If you want to install on-prem, you can install your stuff on-prem. You want to go up in the cloud, you can install our stuff up in the cloud. We have a number of customers uh, who are cloud only. Uh, We have a number of customers which I think are going to be fairly common, which is they run a hybrid, which is they have a mix of on-prem and cloud, right? I've got a, a massive Teradata EDW that's been around forever. That's not going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, but maybe I want to augment it with a, with a Snowflake or 
we can manage both of those hybrid environments as a single logical data warehouse. Code that's generated on Teradata is native to Teradata optimized for that. And then the code that's generated on Snowflake is optimized for that. So we can manage whichever combination you want uh, on the prem cloud or, or hybrid. Yeah, yeah. And your product itself, you actually you install your product on premises or, or is it run as a service? How, how, how do you typically deliver the kind of software that you, you, you kind of sell really? Yeah, so it's... Um, yeah, it's it's installed in quote unquote on prem. So you can you would install it on your on your desktop. Uh, if it's up in the cloud, you can install still on your desktop. Or you know, companies would spin up from an Amazon right an EC2 instance and just run it up up there and and then a remote desktop into a machine. But it's a physically installed um, piece of software on a yeah you know, machine itself. Okay, okay. And and so, I mean, last question about the actual kind of product itself here. So data lineage and end-to-end metadata management. I mean, again, in the work I'm doing at the moment, I'm working at a startup in, in London, and, and you know, they're, they're just discovering at this point some of the ideas around data lineage and, and, and having a kind of like a managed metadata, <laughs> kind of like an end-to-end metadata. I mean, t- tell us a bit the story around how the product helps with, I suppose, end-to-end data lineage and impact analysis and, and why that would be something that companies should be concerned about and actually kind of place value on. Oh, absolutely. I think uh, you're, what are we, four days in GDPR, so pretty important. Um, yeah, so we are, our product is all metadata driven. So we have a metadata layer which describes everything. We use that for code generation, for schema management, but also, uh, just as importantly, documentation and lineage, which becomes really important when I go to enhance my warehouse in a couple, three months, six months down the road, when I can look at a set of changes I want to make and understand what the downstream impact is, what and that allows me to de-risk my project if I know what objects I need to change over the long, over a particular upgrade process rather than um, having to scroll through thousands of lines and hundreds of thousands of lines of the ELT code. And the other thing that is really key is is maintaining what knowledge is in the developers' heads, right? The data warehouse is going to be around for a long time. What happens if those developers walk out of the database somewhere else? You need to capture that knowledge somewhere. You do that within our metadata layer. Uh, from a lineage documentation standpoint, I think things like GDPR are, are, are we, are, you know, we can really help out and show you where your data is going through the system, understand what transformations you're you're doing with it. Where is um, where is my social security number? Where is that being stored on my environment? If you don't have lineage and documentation describing that, you're going to be in a world of hurt. Um, and a lot of our customers find they they buy the tool for the for the, for the code generation for lifecycle management, documentation is typically um, probably not second or third uh, biggest value add to them once they've got the tool. And in a couple of cases, we've actually sold the tool purely because of the documentation we generate. Mm, yeah, uh, I'm actually in exactly the same situation at the moment where, where one of our last engineers has walked out, not walked out, but has moved on. And we're now having to kind of you know, reverse engineer a, a kind of a data loading process. And it's, uh, it's kind of fun, you know, it's, it, as in it's not really. It's, um, and it's one of those things where you, 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 you kind of, you know, uh, but it's, um, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think that whole kind of you know, end-to-end metadata management, data lineage, just under, especially with GDPR as well, I think now being able to prove you know, I suppose why a decision was made in a certain way and how the data was arrived at is, is important. Has GDPR been something that's driven a lot of kind of, I suppose, new interest or, or certainly, you know, put, I suppose you say put a spotlight on the value you guys deliver? Yeah, I think uh, certainly interest is, uh, I think automation in general has, uh, the interest in automation has really taken an uptick um, over the last few years. GDPR, I think, has certainly shone a spotlight on the value add or the value proposition around, you know, documentation lineage. Um, so for us, we're already there doing uh, the bulk of it already. Um, so it's really just another another value add from our sales standpoint and, and the value that customers get out of our product. 
Yeah. Okay. So, so I suppose another another trend that's happened in the industry is, has been the the kind of the um, I suppose the move towards self service and the move towards uh, individual kind of I suppose power users doing work themselves with say BI tools that are more desktop, but also this new generation of, of uh, data prep tools from like so kind of Paxar to Trifactor and so on. I mean, where where do you see do you see a role for those tools? Are they something that's complementary to what you guys do? Are they maybe a, a kind of a, a bit of a kind of a, a, a dead end? What's your view on the data prep market really at the moment? Yeah, I think uh, from our standpoint, I think they're very complementary. Um, we, we have a number of customers that run, you know, Paxata, Trifactor, Alteryx in-house in conjunction with the Red Data Warehouse. And those tools provide the exit value, you know, when used appropriately. I mean, for me, it's more of a, a fitness for purpose type thing, right? Use data prep and self-service tools where they add value, but you're still going to want this data warehouse with, with uh, you know, governed, curated, uh, full auditability and lineage. So I think there's a you know, good fit there. Um, again, like everything in life, right? When used to yeah. properly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so um, I mean, I suppose another trend really is is been the move towards things like streaming uh, data loading as well. So batch is like very much kind of like last century and everyone's not talking about streaming and Kafka and so on. I mean, is that something, is that something that's kind of, first of all, do you think it's, do you think it's kind of, uh, is the next big thing? And secondly, is that something you guys can support? I mean, tell us how, what your thoughts are on that really. Yeah, very good. Yeah, very good question. Um, from a streaming standpoint, I think um, we've, we've seen a lot of customers have interest in streaming. Uh, we, we, um, and that really drove our initiative last uh, 15 months to build our, you know, our streaming for automation capabilities. And um, I don't see batch so much being replaced with streaming uh, so much as augmented with streaming real-time feeds, right? It's not about having everything in real time so much as having everything at the right time. So batch will continue to exist going forward. Um, batch it in where it, where, where it makes sense, uh, but augmented and, and stream data in where you need that data in real time. Uh, and for us, you know, We've done a, we've done automation for streaming. So if you bring data in from Kafka, or IoT you know, type data, bringing it in from Kafka, say, do some processing, we can handle that. Uh, for our customers, um, they saw the same. They had actually the issues are worse, right? They don't have um, people with knowledge of Scala or or Kafka or that. So how, how the question was how can how can you Westgate help us uh, bridge this gap? Our IT needs to bring this data in, but we don't know Scala, Spark, Kafka, any of that stuff. Can you automate that for us? And the other key thing that I think is important when you look at the streaming is you need to, you're typically going to need to augment it with data that's in your data warehouse. So for us, we, we added a, a streaming option uh, that really you know, fits hand in hand with our, our traditional batch red style uh, processing. We can blend data as it's coming into the data warehouse. Um, yeah, the technologies are different, but the value proposition is the same, right? How do we reduce the time, cost, and risk and improve the time to the value for the business? Because um, there's a lot of business value in that streaming data, uh, you just need to be able to process it appropriately. But again, still need to document it, still need to understand lineage and all of that stuff. Yeah. So, so I mean, quite, I suppose, but a bit wider question to you: How comes you guys have you've, you've you guys have done very well, and, and you know, Wearscape is still kind of there, and it's still kind of respected. And and you know there are other competitors that have in this space. You know, there's been the old kind of case tools. There's been various kind of code generation. I mean, Noetics, I think were around a while ago. You know, what, what do you think it is about your approach and, and the way you do things? It's meant that you are kind of um, the, the the prime example, I suppose, of code generation in this space that has, has worked well and is is still kind of I suppose being bought and used. What what yeah from a technology yeah, perspective? Uh, what, what, yeah, from a technology perspective and so on. What what's the good thing about it really? Well, I think um, it, it, as 
as uh, new platforms have come on board, like Snowflake, we've, we've adopted those where it makes sense so we can generate code uh, for those platforms, you know, the code's optimized. And I think the other key important that our, our customers see are both documentation, but also we manage the full life cycle. We manage all the way from discovery and design of a source system all the way through to deploying it in production. And then the important stuff and the hard stuff, right, which is when I want to enhance my data warehouse, how do I do that in, in an easy, easier fashion, I would say. And we really allow customers to manage the data warehouse over the long haul, which I think has allowed us to be successful over the last 15, 16 years. And, and it also um, speaks well to you know, our customer retention rates, significantly high. And you know, customers, once they get us in, just love us. Um, and we stick around for, for quite a long time. I think you're quite focused as well, aren't you? I mean, I mean again, observing your company from, from afar, um, you know, you seem to very much focus on the data warehouse market. You very much focus on this particular problem space. And, and it would be very easy. I mean, take Informatica, for example, the, the areas they got into at sort of certain points, it was very much, you know, trying to broaden, I suppose, what they do and make themselves more sticky. But, you know, you can lose focus. Has it been a conscious decision to stay just working in this area and focus on that entirely, really? Yeah, absolutely. It's been a very conscious decision. We are, you know, we stick to what we're good at, and I um, mean, there's lots of opportunities to go play in the nice new shiny space, trying right? self-service or mm. any of that stuff. But yeah, our focus is is what we do today around data warehouse automation or data mm. infrastructure automation, and mm. we just maintain that focus. And I think that allows us to provide a a really strong, valuable product for that space. Mm. I mean, I say that, and that's and that's not meant in a kind of derogatory way. Because looking at, again, look at what you do. You've yeah. embraced things like uh, like Dataval and 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 the new ton of database types out there as well. So you know, it's admirable, I suppose, focus on a problem. And um, and it seems to. I mean, how big is the company now? What's in terms of operations and and, and customers and and that sort of thing? What kind of scale are you now, really? I think we have last count north of 700, 750 customers. Um, we've got, you know, obviously big operations uh, here in the US and over in um, in the UK and mainland Europe. So, you know, the bulk of our new growth comes in the, in those regions. Okay, okay, okay. So I'll ask in a second how people can get hold of the you know, the software and, and and kind of find out more. But just before I do that, you know, as a CTO of, of this of your company, you know, what what do you think? What's the thing that keeps you kind of not awake at night, but inspires you about maybe the next problem to be solved in this space, or the thing that you think this is the thing that you know, if we or if we or others could solve this or or move this on, that would be a real kind of you know advance in the industry for for data warehousing. Any kind of thoughts on that sort of thing? Yeah, I think uh, a couple of things. I mean, short term, uh, what we've seen and what we're working on today is a lot of our companies are now that the data warehouse is mission critical in a lot of cases, right? It's, it's front and center for their business. A lot of companies are wanting to apply this software development best practices to their data warehouse. So how do I do you know, continuous integration, continuous delivery as part of my data warehouse uh, environment? How do I do things like test automation, which really fall squarely into what we are good at? And, and, and value proposition for us. So for us, it's it, it, you know, DevOps is at the core of what Westgate does and has always done. And to us, it is an evolution of our product capabilities where we can take our you know, deep experience in this area and look to provide even more automation to those aspects of the life cycle. So I think that's the, you know, today stuff we're working on. Beyond that, I think if you look at other tools like that do AI and, 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 and things like that, how do, how do we bring some of those capabilities into under the covers of the automation of designing and building a data warehouse and enhancing it over over the long haul to, you know, again, uh, reduce some of the manual processing that needs to be done by data warehouse developers. 
yeah, so I think just understanding how people are using the data warehouse and determining you know, what, what changes, can, how do we automate some of those aspects rather than just relying on someone to know that they need to go and add a new schema or, or switch this off. Um, you know, I think that's a, an interesting area that requires some research. But again, sticking to what we do, you know, how do we automate? How do we, how do we take um, something that people are doing and actually automate it where it makes sense? So it's the, you know, the key of what we've been doing for 15 or 16 years and how do we just continue to evolve that as we move forward and as these um, data warehousing environments uh, change over the next you know, two, five, ten years. Okay, so so one thing I've also observed is 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 a, is a whole new. I mean, I don't know how old you are, Neil, but I'm, I'm just turned fifty, and uh, yeah, I've I've noticed there's a kind of a, a new generation of, of of kind of developers that are getting into this kind of industry, but through that thing called data engineering, where they're they're kind of I suppose in a way they're discovering the need for kind of retail and they're discovering the need for automation, but doing it through a kind of a very different route, not maybe necessarily the the old data warehousing route, but doing it more to do with say kind of uh, you know big data and so on. I mean. It, are you, is there anything your company's doing to try and evangelize some of the things you're doing with that with that market, or is that a kind of a generation that is kind of lost you really? What's your what's your thoughts on those kind of on that kind of movement really? Yeah, I think uh, we continue to look at those and, and really focus on how do we you know, for those particular areas how do we how do we look at automating certain aspects that are repeatable uh, and patterns that we can help you know, help those resources um, actually deliver more with less, right? Uh, and they'll you know those resources to get more productivity done for them and, and um, have, by having the tool do the repetitive donkey work uh, and they can add value. So it's, it's an area that we continue to yeah, keep abreast of as we move forward if we want to maintain relevance in the market. Uh, we need to you know, make sure we know where the, where the space is going and I think we've got a good pedigree in automation and, and stick with it and, and stay abreast of where the market's going so we can help our customers. Okay, so so just to kind of finish off then, so if somebody if somebody wanted to find out more about uh, the product, um, maybe get a chance to like say like you say America kick the tires or, or or kind of have a play around with this, how would they go about getting some exposure to your product and 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 getting a little feel for kind of whether it's right for them? Yeah, absolutely. I think the easiest one would be to actually go to our website, you know, Westscape dot com. We have a number of use cases and, and materials and content there. And then from there, they can reach out and get a hold of you know, relevant salespeople in their region and um, you know, see a demo. If you're at a you know, TDWI or a trade show, then odds are pretty good. You'll see a, a Westgate booth there. You could stop by and say hi to the to the teams and they'll happily you know, take you through the product and you know, see what we can do to help you uh, provide a successful data warehouse. Okay. Okay. Fantastic. One last question. Where, what's what in Westgate Red? What's the red bit mean then? What, what did that come from? I was, I was curious where that, that that bit came from. Uh, well, I think I think there's, uh, you talk to five people, you get six different answers. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think I've forgotten these days. Yeah, uh, I'd have to go back to ask Michael. I'm sure to come up with the, the the factual answer to that question. Yeah, it's one of, one of those things, isn't it? It's part of the mythology of a company that no one actually knows originally yeah. where it came from, really. But um, but like, it's been well, Neil. It's been great speaking to you. Um, it's uh, it's good to speak to someone who is and a company that is so uh, focused on data warehousing and, and that kind of area because it's like you say it is important and uh, and it, it, you know I'm still finding these projects are going on. And you know, a new generation really is discovering the, the the need for automation and so on there as well. So it's good to speak to you. It's good to hear what you guys are doing. And um, what I'll do is I'll put some links in the show notes to uh, to your website and some of the kind of papers around there. Um, other than that, thank you very much. It's been great speaking to you. And uh, and uh, yeah, great. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you, Mark. It's uh, yeah, it was fun. I, had, I enjoyed it, and uh, always happy to talk about uh, about the space. It's interesting to me.